Thanks to all who continue to listen. Now for season two, episode 15, Mother's Day. Thanks to all who continue to listen. I'm sorry that I haven't updated recently. I've had a really busy schedule and had two back-to-back meetings. And the weekend prior to that, I was on call. And now it's Mother's Day weekend. And so I look back and honestly, in neurosurgery, some of the experiences that I've had with taking care of pregnant women have actually been some of the most scariest um, in my career. And I do know that there is a child that's that was born and and Thanks to um, my actions and the actions of others. Uh, my first year um, when I was um, a junior attending at Richmond. But instead of looking at my patients today, I decided to reflect on myself and my chairman. Now, I look to my mom each and every day. And honestly, with me being a single mom, my mom and my dad have enabled me to continue my career as a neurosurgeon and still be a great mom. They go back and forth all the time staying with me, um, sort of as a second home. Both of them stay when I'm on call, um, if it's on the weekend. And my dad, um, unless I'm on call during the week, and usually my dad is working up in Fort Worth. But he's going to be soon retiring, so honestly, there'll be a tag team between them both um, pretty soon. And I look and sometimes I think the reason I decided to pursue this crazy field is because I have such a strong mom and supportive mom and she doesn't micromanage but she allowed me to be successful and gave me those tools and so and I say successful as a neurosurgeon, but honestly, it's successful as a person because that's the main thing. There's only like 5,000 neurosurgeons in the country and maybe less than that. And I don't value my success based on what I do, but based on who I am. However... It's the people that I uh, that I interacted with during my neurosurgery training that really influenced me to be a surgeon that values who they are and how they are to others.
and I'll tell you this one story, and I don't know if I've told you it before, but during my training, we had a lot of attrition, and I ended up having to be like a real chief for a year by myself, and usually that was split between two people, six months, six months. But because I was a real chief by myself for a year, and the person above me um, only had one person, I sort of was their pseudo chief my fourth year for a year. So I did all the trauma calls. So for a whole year, unless it was the weekend, if there was anything trauma, spine or brain, I came in to operate if I had been home. And this was actually when I was pregnant too. And then my fifth year, I was going to have a full year research. But that's when that research time got cut to six months. And I was vascular chief because of attrition or for neurosurgery vascular. And so I had two and a half years of chief. But it was during my fourth year. Yes, it was my fourth year in training. And there was an older female attending who had given birth and had a stroke. And actually, one of my attendings had called for me to go check on her and tell her the prognosis. And when I went home to my ex-husband, I was like, I can't have children. Or I can't delay having children till I'm in my mid-40s. I just saw this wonderful attending have a stroke because of her having uh, a child so late in life and it was at that time I said I have the six months of research time coming up we can try and we tried and I got pregnant with Talia and I was the fourth female neurosurgeon to graduate from my program but none of them had had children during residency. The guys had, but not the females. And it wasn't that case at VCU, but there were some places that if you got pregnant while you were a female resident, the surgical attendings would not talk to you, much less the chairman. And it was during the spring, um, summer, early summer, when I was pregnant with Talia, that Debbie, the OR, the head OR nurse for neurosurgery, had said, I want to throw you a shower, and Andrea is going to have it at her house. And I just felt so thankful because living paycheck to paycheck and seeing everything I needed, I didn't know how I was going to be able to provide that. And plus, I didn't know exactly what I needed. And then there was Amber and Jamie in the ICU. And they said, we want to throw you a shower as well. So the nurses in the ICU and the nurses in the OR, as well as the scrub techs and the neurosurgery team in the OR, threw me a shower. And also my program director... Dr. Graham came to the shower too, and I thought that was special. And he and I still remember him and his wife uh, bought Talia's first car seat. But it, 
my uh, mom and my sister came from Texas to attend the OR shower. And Dr. Young, my chairman, knew that they were coming in. And he pulled me inside and said, Hey, Leslie, I really want to take you, your mom, and your sister out for um, dinner or lunch while they're here as my present to you. And my wife and me want to do that. And so I gave him the schedule. And he never told me until we showed up at the restaurant that because of their flight schedule and the shower schedule that the restaurant he wanted us to go to was actually closed during that time. I think it was one of these restaurants that um, opened later or or it was more like a brunch lunch. I can't remember if it was more in the morning or more in the evening. And but with the schedules it just conflicted. So he personally called up the owner of the restaurant and had them open just for us. So he could take his wife, me, my mom and my sister out to either brunch or it was like between Sorry, my alarm went off for church. So I'm up and you can probably tell I'm I'm really tired. Um but it was either for brunch or for that time between lunch and dinner. And it really meant a lot to me because a lot of chairmen at that time didn't acknowledge their female residents and their need to balance family and work. But Dr. Young did, and he was older. And I really felt like he was before his time. But if it wouldn't have been for a man like him who never made me ever feel like I had to prove myself as either a female or a minority, but only as a neurosurgeon to him. But he also had the quality to know and value that I was not just a neurosurgeon, but I was a person. I was a daughter, I was a sister, and I was a wife. And he wanted me to also be a mother. And there's that there's not that many men in positions that he was in that allowed a woman to balance their job and their work at home. And I just wanted to reflect on today for Mother's Day, letting him know that I thank him for allowing me to be a mother and never second-guessing my decision to have Talia during that research time in residency. And Talia asked me about what she could get me for Mother's Day. And I said, Talia, God giving me you is the best blessing I could have ever received. Sorry, that's my stomach too. So, sorry, I'm tired um, and hungry. I need some coffee. So, at least y'all all know that I'm normal. Um, so, but I wanted to get that message out on Mother's Day because a lot of people 
don't realize, and just like I depend on my mom and dad to help me be a great mother. It's not just the family we depend on. It's also our coworkers, our bosses we depend on. And I have a wonderful team and everybody but one person on my team is a mom. And I told them, and this is the moms are Kathy, Brittany, Sierra, Esmelda, and Rachel. And I told them that when they joined my team, I was a single mom. And I knew when their kids got sick or if their kids had a special function, that they were a mom first and a wife first. And that us at work would cover their work so they could go be a mom. And and to not think twice if they had something come up and we had to do that. And honestly, it works because all of them had have had something come up or a family issue come up and we cover and we never complain because we know their most important job is to their family. And you could say, but what about you, Leslie? Well, when Talia came home with COVID, uh, right when, uh, not last Christmas, but the Christmas before, and I didn't want to get my mom exposed. My mom had just gotten her first shot for three days. I sent her to Fort Worth and I called my nurse, Kathy, and I was crying. And I said, Kathy, I think Talia has COVID. And I went and got her tested and she did. And I said, I need y'all to cancel all my surgeries and all my patients for the next week so I can stay home with her. And they did. And I appreciate all those patients that were willing to move because I needed to be a mom first. And my nurses and my staff take care of me when they know stuff that comes up for me, self-care, as well as like me going to the dentist Finally getting my tooth taken care of after three years. Um, they move the schedule around and make it work. And they allow me to make it work um, time and time again. And I appreciate that for them because they allow me to be a mother as well. And so... Please be sure, I was in line yesterday at United, and there was a homeless man, and another another gentleman, an older guy, came up to me, and I don't know why he did, but I usually have this, like, I attract everybody, and I can talk with anybody because I love talking and hearing people's stories, and he came up, and he was like, what is a chicken's favorite subject in school and I was like um I was like clockulous and I don't even know if a chicken clocks but he was like no egonomics and I was like oh that's funny and so the guy behind me in line was like what holiday is coming up because he saw all these people with flowers 
and United's you know, a grocery store for those who don't live in this part of the country. And I said, oh, it's, uh, it's not today, but Mother's Day is tomorrow. And he said, oh, I lost my mother long ago. And I said, do you mind me asking how long ago? I'm sorry to hear that. And he said, I lost her when I was 16 in 1966. I said, oh, that must have been so difficult. I'm sorry to hear that. But I hope you have a good weekend. And then I proceeded to check out. And my heart just broke thinking someone lost their mom as a young kid, especially as a teenager. And I don't know if that influenced his life events and why he is homeless now. Or I, I haven't walked in his shoes. But it also makes me remember all those people that have lost their moms. The other thing I'm gonna mention is back in residency, the one thing I hated about residency was we had resident lead that we would wear, but all the guys wore it and so it smelled like BO. And I was a girl, so once I wore it, I smelled like a guy the rest of the day. So we would wear it for our spine cases. So Debbie, the who gave me my shower, there was a nurse that had had a lead, and she had actually had an angel on the lead. It was purple, and she had left because of disability. And I'll go get to that in a second. And so Debbie said, "You can wear her lead because she's not going to come back." And I said, "Thanks, Debbie." And so I wore her lead, and. I was sad because I'd heard stories about her, and I think Debbie told me a story um, when I was pregnant, and she had said, yes, she had gotten pregnant, but she wasn't able to keep the baby or carry it to term, and so the baby was born premature and died after about 15 minutes, and she said that she told Debbie, at least Debbie, I was a mom for 15 minutes. I fulfilled being a mom, and it broke my heart because... Later, she ended up needing a heart transplant, and she got a heart transplant, and she went back for surgery, this former nurse, and had surgery, but she died within three or four days of that heart transplant. And she had had that angel on her lead, and it was after that, she passed away, and because of us being neurosurgeons and dealing with the people who organ donate, we, I, I had known that she had gone for the heart surgery, but when Debbie told me that she had passed away, I couldn't wear her lead anymore. I just felt that burden of sadness for her. And so I put it away and I wore the guy's lead until I talked Dr. Holloway into letting me wear her leg, her lead when she wasn't in surgery. But that being said, there's a lot of women out there who have lost 
babies who have miscarried and have tried to be moms and haven't been able to. So on this Mother's Day, please think and pray of those as well. And if your mom's still alive, please reach out to them and give them a hug for me. Till next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed.